Welcome to the PopGo Project Podcast, a platform for the discussion and discovery of arts and entertainment. We focus on highlighting people and events that add value to the world around us. Visit us on all social media platforms by searching The PopGo Project or visit our website at thepopgoproject.com. Welcome to the show and thank you so much for listening. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Keller's Garden Center and Landscaping Services. Are you still cutting your own grass? Are you still trying to get your landscaping to look perfect on your own? That sounds sweaty. That sounds like a lot of work. That sounds like a job for Keller's Garden Center and Landscaping Services. Family-owned and operated Keller's Garden Center and Landscaping Services, located on Kern Street in Exeter near Blue Ribbon Dairy, has the quality and experience to get your yard looking its best. The Garden Center offers plants, trees, sod, mulch, rocks, flowers, topsoil, grass seed, straw bales, and much more while the Lawn and Landscaping Services offers mowing, trimming, planting, and full landscaping. And also new at Keller's Garden Center is the Zen Chaser Bonsai Studio, offering bonsai trees, supplies, and classes. Visit them on their social media page for more info. Keller's Garden Center and Landscaping Services. Get your free estimate today. This episode is also brought to you by Paulson Tours. For almost 30 years, this family-owned and operated business has been sending people to sports games, racing events, concerts, vacations, and more. I myself have been using Paulson Tours for trips to Red Sox games, wine festivals, and an annual guy's trip to Boston for St. Patty's Day for almost 15 years. Check out the current trips being offered over at paulsontours.com. Life's a trip. Go with Paulson Tours. What's up, buddy? How are you, Johnny? Pleasure Welcome to, be- to the show. Welcome to the show. I'm a big fan, so it's a pleasure. Well, I appreciate that. I, I really do. Um, it's funny that you know you and I met uh, by accident. Uh, I guess it was a little over two years ago. Yeah, when I was uh, working for uh, BRE. Yeah, um, I, you were doing like some film work, right? You were recording the segment. Yeah, I was uh, a photog. So okay. I was going out and like doing interviews and filming. And I believe at the time you had the the shirt project up. Yeah, we were doing shirts for the scene. It was I think it was like January of uh, 2021. Um, yeah. You guys were doing like a follow up story, I believe it was uh, for shirts for the scene, which I obviously appreciated very much. And um, that's how we first met. And I remember you, uh, you know, we were just talking uh, very organically, and um, you were telling me about how you had some music out. And I forget what you told me it sounded like. Um, it was, uh, I believe the description I used was if the Cure and Bruce Springsteen jammed in an oil can. Okay. Um, so I remember I went and listened. And I remember, I so I wrote back to you on uh, uh, Facebook Messenger that you, you described that perfectly. Yes. And uh, the project is called Zoo. Yes. It's Z-E-U. For anyone yes. who's trying to search it on uh, the streaming services or uh, online anywhere, and uh, it's it's really interesting. Um, and I feel like you've been doing this for quite some time, and I hadn't heard of you up until that uh, by chance meeting back uh, in early 2021. Um, and I don't know why we didn't connect, kind of connect uh, shortly after that because I was still I was doing this podcast. 
I uh, was a fan of your music and it took us two and a half years to, to connect here. So uh, thanks for doing this. And uh, I'm excited to learn more about uh, you and, and what you do. Ask me anything. I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, talk about, talk about this project. Um, it, it's, it's funny again. I, I, I feel like I've, um, not that this is a job, but I feel like I'm, I, I did poor at, uh, you know, keeping my finger on the, on the pulse and, and, and kind of, uh, you know, informed about, uh, people in the area. Uh, you're very well respected and well liked, um, amongst the, uh, NEPA music community. I uh, took some notes here and I mean, I was looking earlier today. I didn't want to do too much research because I wanted to kind of have like, you know, uh, I wanted to kind of fact find myself, so to speak. Um, but I mean, we had, you know, Sean Flynn. Uh, he's uh, a part of many projects, American Buffalo Ghost. Um, help me out here with some other ones. He's on like three or four of them. Uh, the Broke Pines. Yep, that's new. Project. Uh, he used to be in a, a project called uh, Those Clever. Oh, they're actually active again, Those Clever Foxes. Yep. Old charades. Old that was the other one. Okay. So, uh, you know, Sean Flynn uh, calls you one of his best buds, and he's happy to see that you're really starting to push this project forward. Um, you know, Rich Howells of NEPA Scene uh, had a nice uh, write-up about you uh, on his platform, and um, he talks about how you were attending the open mic nights, uh, the NEPA Scene open mic at the V-Spot, and showing up every week with new songs and just a variety of stuff. Uh, and ranging from acoustic songs to you know these beat-driven songs, and mentioned how just how humble you are, and I can already kind of tell that you know that to be true. Um, and I think he wrote something about this being your you're working on your seventh album. Yes, I have I have quite uh, a lot of material out. Yeah, so again, it's like I mean I failed to like stay informed. I mean, part of that is like my own doing. Uh, it kind of just started off as like a recording project, to be honest. Um, and then I think right after, right before COVID, I was trying to uh, play out more and then COVID happened and everything was shut down. And then just recently, within the last like year, I started playing out more. So it's been, it's been a, a long time coming. Yeah. So, how many how many albums did you put out? You know, just recording yourself for, uh, prior to COVID. Um, six. Six. Wow. Yes. And uh, I'm guy, uh, uh, I'm Ted. a creative machine, and uh, a lot of it just started at, again as a recording project. And I was playing with Sean, and I really didn't have enough time to kind of juggle my own thing with like what I was doing with Sean or like other people. So I just started recording myself. And then just before COVID, I just decided to start maybe trying to pursue playing it live and see how the songs would come across live. And it seems to be doing good so far. So, yeah. Well, I'm glad that COVID didn't kind of take the wind out of your sails. Like that was obviously a, a shitty time for everyone. Right. Terrible. Uh, especially for musicians who, um, I mean, they play shows in front of people, in front of crowds, and that was not existent uh, during that, at least that first year. Um, you know, what can't, I mean, it's funny. You're like, okay, I'm going to start doing this. And then COVID kind of kicks you in the balls and says, no, you're not. No, it was you're not. terrible. I remember I just moved into my current apartment and like I was finishing the mastering of 
the the sixth album I put out, and I was like so proud of it. Like you know, it was like exactly how I wanted Zoo to sound. And then a week later, everything's got locked down. And yeah, here we are now. <laughs> so what did you what, what did you do at that point? I mean, like you, you obviously you came I, out on the other side. I'm always writing, so that's why I kind of have so many albums. And I think the reason there are so many albums with this project is that it's just me and being in a band is very challenging. It's very, it's very rewarding, but also very difficult. It's like being in a relationship with, I know you probably heard this so many times, but it's like being in a relationship with like your bandmates. Yeah. And, you know, everyone has to get together, practice. I'm 33. So most people in my age range have like a full-time job, maybe a wife and kids and a family. And it's just hard to get, everyone together and like record let alone recording kind of takes it's a whole different aspect of like writing and stuff so being that it's just me i'm able just to kind of like hone in and just churn stuff out and at first the the early zoo stuff was very like beat driven it was very like influenced by like 70s ambient music like bowie after he did ziggy stardust when he got weird like uh low scary monsters and like brian uh, Kid A uh, by Radiohead. It was very influenced by that. So it was the songs I would like write them on an acoustic guitar, like a drum machine or like a keyboard, and then like just mess with them in a recording program. And honestly, I didn't know how some of that stuff would turn out live because it was like so abstract. But I recently just found a way to do it with like a sampler. So yeah. Yeah, and like you know, you said before, it, it, having it just be you, like you know, every every member has an opinion and a uh, direction they might want to go. So it's like you're there's there's no one you have to like bounce ideas off of, which is yeah. kind of cool, right? It's good and bad, right? Yeah. It's like it's it's cool because you don't have to answer to anybody, but it's also kind of like weird because you know you're not the smartest person in the room, right? It's like <laughs> how do you get some you know that that feedback back, but. Um, but yeah, like that's, it's, I mean, for recording purposes, that's probably a, a great, uh, place to be where it's just, it's just you. Well, I knew exactly how I wanted the songs to sound and having been in bands throughout the years is I always like, you know, one or two people writing the songs or working on the music and like everyone might, they want stuff to sound different, you know, where with me, it was like, I want it to sound exactly like this and it needs to be like this. And I would always bounce it off, you know, like Sean, I would send my my buddies the songs and they'd give me input, but I was able just to kind of like concisely just like know exactly what I wanted with like every album. And like every album's kind of been a little evolution, you know, like it's progressed to where it's at now. So... Yeah, and where does this sound come from? I mean, like, what, what's, uh, I mean, do you have influences that kind of pushed you in that direction? Or there's, there's a lot. Um, so I grew up in Mountaintop, and growing up around here in like the 2000s, I was heavily influenced by like emo, like metalcore. Like, I was really into like Atreyu and Killswitch Engage and My Chemical Romance, like all the stuff, you know, the, all like the like people my age like. And then I moved to New York in 2011 to go to school. And uh, a few kids I was going to school with were in into this kind of music called Shoegaze. And I've, I was aware of like the bands in that genre, like My Bloody Valentine's probably the biggest band in that genre. 
And all shoegaze is, is if you put Smashing Pumpkins, like today and like Cherub Rock, if you just put more reverb on it, it's like just alternative rock with like more effects. And they were more into that kind of stuff. And I just kind of absorbed it and went that, went down that direction. So um, I worked at a studio for around two years. I got laid off. And I was just trying to figure out stuff to do. And I just had these, these ideas for these songs and no one around here was really into that kind of stuff at the time. So I just started recording and it just kind of took off and it just kind of evolved. You know, like everyone, your music taste kind of just evolves and changes. And if you just look at the, or just like listen to like snippets from like every album, um, you can just see where I was kind of going with it for every, pretty much every album. Yeah, I, I my, the one I listened to first was uh, Death Masks. Yes, uh, that's which I'm a huge fan of. It's the gothy one. Um, so I, I've always been influenced by again like shoegaze, but like all this stuff. Like I, there's so many bands, but it all just kind of stems back to like early English post punk, like The Cure, and then that kind of intersects with like the early goth bands like Bauhaus and all that kind of stuff. So it all just kind of goes there and then that all those bands like glam rock so i'm I'm wearing like a bowie shirt so mm-hmm. like it's all just early english post punk glam rock and punk and then i also got into like towns van zant and bob dylan like they're like the singer songwritery kind of like folk stuff so it just all kind of converged you know into what that album is yeah and i couldn't i couldn't remember the the musicians that you kind of related yourself to and so when i was listening back again i was i I heard some some bowie obviously um and snow patrol snow patrol i don't know i don't like the uh english like indie rock post-punk stuff yeah i guess so yeah Uh, but yeah they're very influenced by that kind of sound like this the shiny like arpeggiated ambient kind of guitar playing yeah it's cool it's different i mean I would imagine that um, it's definitely not for everyone. Yes. Um, <laughs> which is fine, right? I mean, music is, that's yeah. what's so great about music. It's like, it's like, it, it's for, you know, whoever wants to appreciate and enjoy it. But I mean, when you were thinking about, uh, you know, playing out shows and I mean, did you ever think about, you know, uh, would there be an audience out live for that this is, type of music? I guess like, partially what makes this project unique and might be to my own detriment early on as i feel the newer stuff is significantly more accessible than the early stuff but initially i just kind of just wanted to write music that i liked that i wasn't hearing around here really and with no regards to to like if people will like it or not and then it just kind of i just through like getting better at singing and just becoming a better songwriter it just kind of evolved into i guess i don't want to say more accessible more tangible to like okay. a right audience uh i mean from people could hate it but from what i've played out it's gotten pretty positive feedback for the most part so but i, I again like i i would love to like be as big as i possibly can be but at the same time i kind of just do what i want and what i like and people don't like it it's like eh, i like it i'm happy so yeah i mean i guess that's like a great part of um you know writing and creating and things like that it's just like 
you know, it could be just for you. And if people like it, cool. If not, that's, that's, that's okay too. It's like just a different outlet um, as a creative person that you just kind of have as, as something that, uh, you know, it's, it's yours. Yes. And I feel uh, NEPA is more of like a, people like a lot of hardcore. We like like a lot of energetic, aggressive music. So I feel I wasn't really hearing a lot of the, the kind of stuff that like I was really into or influenced by around here. So why not try and throw something like that into the pot? Yeah, be the 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 trendsetter, you know, lead the way. <laughs> I feel like I, you should be I, you should perform at uh Josh Balls's place in Scranton, Noir. I would love to. That's a really cool spot. That would like that would be like uh, just a your music would be a great like ambiance and like a soundtrack for that kind of uh venue. Yeah, that's a great spot. Uh I'm I'm very good at like the creative aspect and like writing and recording. Like if you give me a studio, I could come out with like an album and like a single or whatever you want. But I to my own detriment, I feel the networking and like playing out and like getting shows, that's like the hardest part for me. Well networking kind of sucks. Like like in all aspects, whether it's like a business networking or uh, it's probably better as a musician because like I I think like I don't know how to say it. like I I from a business standpoint I hate networking I hate those those mixers and the whole like uh, business card exchanges and <laughs> I just think it's a big circle jerk like it's it's always it really the same does. people it's just like yeah I don't know just like I'm sure I'm sure there's value and maybe I just never like really uh, opened myself up to it I mean I was I've been part of the stuff in the past just kind of like this is not for me. Um, and maybe it's, you know, especially as I get older and more crotchety, like it just like, you know, whatever, but like as a musician, like, you know, networking is probably a little bit different, uh, in that space, just because it's like, you're probably going out, you're listening to new, you know, other, other bands and you're kind of like, you know, all, you know, kind of finding new, new things on, on, on your own and also being able to share, uh, you know, who you are too. So it'd be a little different, but, uh, I could see where like, that's like just a part of your your thing where it's like eh, this, this is kind of weird yeah uh, i'm definitely more introverted so it could be hard you have you have to pretty much network very organically like if you come off just like you're kissing someone's ass yeah they, well especially around here i feel like nep is a very real area like people who are like you know they don't take shit so <laughs> if you just if you just like come across like you're some like i don't know guy person just trying to get something from someone then it's like yeah you know so it just has to happen organically it's been it's been uh it's been getting better so i'm happy with that it just takes it's like it also takes like a lot of time to do organically just you gotta just play out and just meet people and just keep doing that so is that what you've been doing like i was gonna ask you like what are you what have you been doing i i started off honestly just doing the open mic because i was like like screw it i'm just gonna play out and that was just acoustic. And then everyone started thinking I was like a country act because it was like <laughs> a harmonica. It's like I write a lot of stuff on acoustic and, you know, I like doing songs like in a different interpretation, especially acoustic, you know, like the album as you listen to, there's all like doodads and like reverb and shit, but it's cool just to strip it down and just vo- like vocal and acoustic. And eventually uh, I, Sean, put me on the, the the Carl Hall show. It ended up being Carl Hall's last show, unfortunately, but 
uh, I just wanted to kind of show the songs off kind of how I recorded them. So I got like a, a boss sampler pedal and just threw everything on that. And then kind of, uh, came up with like a live way to play the songs. So, uh, that was like really my first, like actual debut, like on the show. And then I, I've, I've since played the bog. That's, that was cool too. I always wanted to play, play that spot because it's like one of my favorite bars in the world. Yeah. It's a great spot. Yeah. I think the last place, place I saw you was at Carl Hall. I didn't, I didn't see your set. Unfortunately, I got there a little bit late, but that's the last place I saw you was Carl Hall when it closed. Yeah. Uh, that was very unfortunate because that place was so cool for the area. So it was like one of the last spots for like original music regularly. Yeah. It just, I was very honored to play that show and very happy, but also sucks that it was closing. So, yeah, I wish there was like another venue opening up. Uh, and maybe there is, maybe I'm just out of touch again, <laughs> but like, I wish I had money to open a venue because, like, there's no money in like, there's no money to be made. Yeah. Uh, like, so also, I understand, like, even with music and art, there is a financial business aspect that like, you have to make money. Like, you have to keep the lights on. So I understand that. It's just, I don't really know how to do the whole, I'm going to foster this scene and create like book original bands and do this and still make money because it, to like have live music and make money, it seems you need like cover bands or right stuff that's going to put more asses in the seats or and a liquor know, license, you know, yeah. like, you know, sell, sell booze and stuff. Sell alcohol. So like, I understand that like cover bands are awesome. Like if you, you're hanging out with your buddies or like your girlfriend or wife, and, like there's a good cover band. It's great. But I think areas need like a spot for original stuff. We need, a, we need a rich guy or a rich girl just to come in and say, let's here's a, here's a space for people to play and enjoy. And we don't care if we don't make money. We just want to like, maybe just break even. That'd be cool. But yeah, yeah, I mean, making money is a tough thing. I mean, yeah, our our scene too. Like, there's, I feel like we're known again for like the metalcore and like more pop punk stuff. But there's like a ton of di just different bands. Dude, this area is so good. Yeah, so and good. You just have to like find them. I, I think like our area too is really interesting because it almost reminds me of like. Now I was too young for that, but like Seattle in the '90s, it seems like yeah. a lot of those bands like really just didn't give a shit about like making it or just doing anything they just kind of wanted to do their own thing and that kind of seems like how we are so that's kind of cool too you know not everyone's like trying to be like this giant rock star they just like want to write cool music and play shows so yeah and there's just so like i always said you know this uh, dating back i keep saying this every episode i feel like you know back when i had a radio show like i you know there was just so much good music here and I feel like right before the pandemic, we were like turning a corner where like the scene was like really on its way up, maybe at its height, maybe it was just about to like kind of break again and like just kind of take over. And, uh, you know, obviously, you know, COVID ruined that to an extent, but this area is so, so rich with just like great original artists. I, I, I always say like I would put this area up against anybody else in the, in the country. You know, I think one advantage uh, we have. So when I worked at this the the recording studio in New York, I asked the one engineer who was English, and I'm like, "Why does England have like so many good bands? It's like there's nothing to do." So like around here, I feel like we don't really have as much as like bigger cities. So like a lot of people just pick up an instrument and yeah. like you're hanging out, 
you know, drinking beer, eating pizza or whatever, and you just write cool music. So, you know, it's like a unique thing about here. It's like we're we're very close to like big metropolitan areas, but we're just farther away enough where, you know, you kind of have to have your own hobbies and stuff. So yeah. have bands or play music. Who are some of your favorite local artists? Uh, other than Sean, obviously. <laughs> There's just one uh, local band, Doss Black Milk. I like them a lot. Yeah. Um, They've been around forever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the one, uh, my my friend Nate was in this band, Ilya Boo. I believe he's since moved back to Los Angeles. Um, they're pretty They're pretty awesome. He's in like 20 bands. Like, I don't even know what bands he's in out there, honestly. He's like on his Instagram. It's like, there's like a million of them. Um I definitely like my one friend Dave. I'm just gonna name my buddies because like that's fine. I'll write like such good music. My friend Dave is in this band, the Apollo Quantum the Apollo Quantum Vision. They're pretty awesome. I believe they should have music coming out very soon. And uh Sean, I, I actually I really like his uh his new project with Jeremy, uh the Broke Pines. It like blends like kind of like alternative rock with like alt country. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty pretty cool. Yeah, I've been um, trying to uh set something up with him for months it seems. It could be hard musicians. We're uh <laughs> very flaky and aloof. You know. Well, I mean, I get, it goes back to, you know, having uh multiple band members because not everyone's available at nine o'clock on a weeknight, which which is which is when we're recording this. Um uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna uh Fiend Star is great. And uh, yeah. Rose Guild. Uh, Will is a fantastic songwriter. Yeah, I haven't heard of that that project in a long time. Rosary Guild. I believe uh, they're starting to write again, or they're they're. It seems like they're gonna their gears are in motion for them to do something. So that'd be sweet. Um, uh, my friend Evan is in a band. It's ZZ Loveface. Um, he used to be in a band called The Ordinals, though. I believe you could find them on Spotify. They were. They're pretty amazing. They're like just really good indie rock. Dude, everything you're mentioning outside of Sean stuff and Rosary Guild, I've, I've, well, and Doss Black Milk, I, I'd have never heard it before. <laughs> because, yeah, I suck. It's, I suck. It's not you. Um, I feel again, like I was kind of like this, like, 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 let's say someone like Sean or like, he's a very like driven person where like a lot of musicians are just aloof and like you put it out there and hope people like it. And if like people don't respond, it's like, eh, you know, but you really kind of just have to go out there and just like grab everyone by the nuts and be like, like this, you know? Well, it's gotta be hard too. And I think I, I feel like I, I say this all the time, but like if music now is so like, it, it's, it's so easily accessible, which is great. But also, there's just so much to kind of consume. Yeah, it's like clogging of the arteries. Um, yeah, it's like how do you? I mean, now that you're kind of like, you know, trying to make an effort to to get, you know, more recognition. Uh, what what are you doing? It's it's, you know, you can play the algorithm game on on social media and things like that. Like there's obviously Spotify and Apple, uh, iTunes and and or Apple whatever. Uh, it's just like there's just so much. Like, what do you? What are you? What, what what's working for you right now? Um, the NEPA scene open mic is amazing. Like, if anyone's in a band or a solo artist or whatever, just play there. 
that will get you. Like I was walking down the street and some lady just said she like recognized me from the open mic. And I was like, that's cool. So, you know, Rich is a great guy. Uh, the V spot's great. That is just a great spot to like, just get your stuff out there. Um, I've kind of taken uh, YouTube like I make videos for some of the songs and also cool imagery and just like the sounds kind of shallow but looking cool, just cool pictures and stuff. So just, just playing out and like having a cool visual component to the, the project or band helps significantly. You kind of have to like get people's attention very quickly. Like, right. And I think, you know, in a, a digital world, you have to have that, um, you know, visual, like, uh, you know, ability to capture people. Um, what's your YouTube channel? Uh, zoo of Zoo. Okay. Zoo of Zoo. Yeah, it's like uh, it's like black metal of O V Z O V Z U. Cool. I'll have to check that out. Yeah, and I love like uh, the like movies and like the visual aspect of as far as like music goes to. So I make uh, some interesting videos to some of the songs, or just like little clips. Or like, like not even release songs, just like cool, like, like a uh, visual media kind of thing. Yeah, I feel like your music should be in uh, a Blade soundtrack as well. That would be cool. I love. <laughs> that. That's initially what I wanted to do is like score movies and stuff like that. That was kind of like a cool just idea back when I was like going to school for recording and everything. So you went to school for recording. I did. Uh, I went to LCC and then at the time there was really no like recording studios around here that could like employ someone like there, uh, there's a lot of very good studios like SI, Joe Loftus, Eric Ritter, but they, they kind of, it's like a guy and one man show. Yeah. yeah. So again, it's very hard to like have a studio that has like a, like a, like a staff and everything. So I, I went to New York to a trade school, uh, the Institute of Audio Research, to go to school for recording. And right out of school, I got a job. At, uh, it was called the Magic Shop. It's no longer there. It was one of like the last like analog studios in the city. They had like Neve. They were primarily tape. A lot of uh, famous bands recorded there. Uh, I believe I met... Uh, Billy Joe Armstrong and Nora Jones, Zoe D. Chanel, like bigger people like that would go to this place to record. So I learned a decent amount. I was uh I was a transfer engineer. And so basically I would digitize all of these old recordings. And actually from that I found out about a lot of old folk music, which like people around here like a lot now, but at the time I was like, this is it's like this weird banjo. It was like 60s Greenwich Village folk kind of stuff. And I was just like digitizing that for like various clients throughout the city, along with like like uh wrapping cables and setting up mics upstairs for the sessions and everything. And yeah, I learned a lot. And I feel it was one of the things it didn't pay out how I wanted to, but I like it was such a like a foundational change in my life, so to speak. Um, if if it, what would have, uh, if you had your way, what would have came out of that? I wouldn't. So the way traditionally you would work as like for recording, you would work at a studio like that, get hired on as an assistant, 
then work your way up uh, to basically being like a like a staff guy at a studio, and then a band would like be like, "Hey, Matt, like, got some really cool sounds," and they would hire you as like their own engineer, and then you would freelance and just work with various various bands. Uh, there's one engineer; he's pretty big now, but I didn't really know who he was at the time. Chris Cody, he does a lot of like Beach House and like Cold Cave and all like the cool weird 80s influence like indie bands he was uh doing doing stuff there but yeah that, that's traditionally how you would work and i i i came to a point where being an engineer was just as hard as being in a, as in being a band or a musician like you would basically have to do the same stuff and i would rather just play music to be honest like i love engineering and recording but i would rather write and play and perform so is that when you came back to NEPA? Yeah, I, I came back here and honestly, it was kind of scary because like I had no idea what I was going to do. And then I found uh, this company I work for, Deluxe Digital. They're based in music or they're based in California, but they have an office in music and I've been working here ever since. It's pretty what cool. do you do there? Uh, I'm a video technician. So I look at videos and basically do whatever the client or the company needs with it. What kind of videos are you are you reviewing? Um, it's like bigger stuff for studios. Like I believe I can't really say okay like stuff specific, but sure. okay. that's for like various clients. Okay. Yeah, it's cool though. I feel like I've heard of that place before. Yeah, it's really one of the only like creative like creative, like you went to school for audio or video around here. So like a lot of people who are in that uh, lane have worked there or work there. It's kind of neat that there's a place like that, like here. Yeah, in the every time I tell people about it, they're like, that exists. And I'm yeah. like, yes. <laughs> I forget so, where I heard of that from. Maybe, and maybe I think it's the same place, but I, feel, I don't know what it was. It might've been years ago, but that's neat. Yeah. Well, we're happy to have you back. I, I learned a lot there too for like video editing and stuff. And like when I was working for the news, like that was all, all those skills were learned at that company. And going in, I really didn't know a lot with video, it was more of audio. So it was kind of cool to learn like a whole basically trade at like my job rather than having to go back to school for it. Right. And how did you land at uh, WBRE? Um, I basically needed a second job and I just looked and got that. That was a very cool um, experience. Um, like any PA outside of music and stuff is just such like, I love like old Americana, like old signs and like weird old restaurants and stuff that like don't really, you don't see a lot like bigger, more gentrified cities. And it was kind of cool just driving through. Like I got to see the whole realm of NEPA. Like I was from like Montrose down to like basically almost like Bethlehem yeah. everywhere. So uh, with that, I was basically doing like photography, like shooting video and then like doing basically even interviews and stuff. So it's just the, the problem with working two jobs, they both kind of like want, like they both kind of like want you, so to speak. And it was basically whatever one, Deluxe just was better for me. Like right. paid more and 
which is better. But BRE was it was a really cool experience. Yeah, it's amazing like how many uh news outlets there are in this area. This, this area is such a weird yeah place, right? Like, I mean, like we have there's still like a two newspaper town, which is like unheard of, right? <laughs> I feel like if you grew up here or you lived here and then you moved out to Hollywood and you got like a writing job, you would have like such endless like people would like pay thousands of dollars to have experience <laughs> like people have here or just like grow up here it's like it's like a one of the last places left like this i feel yeah i mean i don't know anything different i mean i grew up here i, I was born here i mean i grew up in the country i guess you could say out in uh Hunlock creek lake lehman area okay um, i went to the school out there like yeah i mean i grew up in the country i was never like out tipping cows and shit like that but um I grew up in like New Angola, so yeah, oh. just like it's it's just it's like a weird. I don't know, like I don't know anything different. Like when when I go on vacation, like everything is like so cool, and I appreciate all the experiences. But like when you get home, it's like this is home, and everyone talks shit on on an EPA, and I get it. I mean, you watch Talkback sixteen, and sometimes you're like, how how do I live in an area that has these kind of people? <laughs> But, you know, it is what it is, you know? Like, if you went to, like, a dive bar and then someone like that talked to you, you'd have so much material for, like, a, like a stand-up or, like, a show. Like, just, <laughs> like, no one, I don't know, people just don't really think, like, not even in a bad way. Like, they just come up with, like, very unique opinions on stuff. Yeah, I'm not talking shit. It just, it's, it's, it's just bizarre. It's just bizarre. Like, like if you went to like like Philadelphia or like New York, these bigger cities that are like increasing, getting more gentrified and getting like newer stuff in them, like you'll find like all the most like hip bars and restaurants, but like you can't find like a really weird dive bar that has like interesting people or like good good like weird well, not weird like good pizza or good old like just classic food that like yeah, is that a, a restaurant that like the family's had for like. 50 years like you really that's becoming like less and less everywhere but we still have a lot of places like that yeah you could still find bars you could smoke cigarettes in here yes <laughs> <laughs> they're mostly vfws but <laughs> yeah if you can't smoke cigarettes in, i'm not saying it's not a good bar but i don't smoke but like you neither no, it, it, it's it takes away from the vibe well, it's it. I'm gonna say it was funny. It's not funny, but when the uh, we had the uh, uh, fires from Canada, the smoke coming down, huh? there was so many memes or, or people just talking about, hey, like you know, you're complaining about these these uh, the smoke from the Canada fires. Like, you know, we used to we used to go to like bars and 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 hang out in them for hours, and people were just ripping cigarettes all night long. Yeah, which is wild. We were fine. We were well accustomed to it. I mean, hopefully, hopefully there's not those no long term damage. But <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm very also, happy that bars have gone non smoking. It's definitely, uh, yeah, saving you a little, little longer. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, it just. I mean, like, well, I mean, I, maybe if it, there wasn't like at one time there was smoking and now there's not, like you wouldn't even know. Um, but like now that you have a choice, and there's like you know, there's a difference. I mean, you could smoke in Burger King back in the day. I mean, there, and there was no real like, there was like a half 
wall divided that, that like divided the smoking section and the non-smoking section. And obviously, you know how smoke works. It could you know go up and go over. Um, it was gross. Yeah, <laughs> but, I mean, you could smoke on airplanes back in the day. Like, I never experienced that, but like it's wild. It's wild to think about. I remember going to like the the Burger King across from like the Wyoming Valley Mall and like eating like a, a cheeseburger. And my grandpa just like ripping cigarettes. Yes. Yeah. Not thinking anything of it. Yeah, you go to restaurants, uh, smoking or non-smoking. Like, uh-huh. What? That that sounds it's insane. Like they just hang you in a little area. Like here you go, have at it. You know, yeah, it's so insane to think about now. Like it's crazy how just time changes. Like I don't know. You ever think about life and like uh, wonder if the life that you're living is like real? Sometimes. Um, I used to think about that stuff all the time to the point where like it was like almost paralyzing and I just kind of learned to like just tune it tune it off a little. But sometimes it definitely just feel like a dream for sure. That's what I was saying. Like I feel like sometimes like it's like, am I dreaming this? Like is this is this real? Like yeah, you know like if you if you have a dream, like you wake up before like something bad happens or before something good happens, and like, oh shit, like that was just a dream. Like, what if like all this is just a dream? It's not real, or maybe you're dead, right? So maybe you're dead, and everything like that's happening, like you're going through all these motions, like you know, you know, and you, you, like I have two kids and a wife, like, and maybe all the things that I'm experiencing are just things that, like, I think how my life would have played out. Different realities, man. Dude, it's fucking wild. You know, one reality where like, like just really addicted to drugs and living a horrible life. The other reality, who knows, you know, I feel like that could be possible. Strength theory, all that kind of stuff. So something I think about that, like what if I'm, what if I'm just dead? This is not real. I mean, (laughs) you just spend all day thinking about that. Who really knows? To be honest, I'm going to tell you. Yeah. I mean, I think I learned so far in my life that no one really knows anything. Like no one can answer why we're here. So, you no. Know, why should I listen to you, pal? <laughs> you know? You're right, though. It's like, I mean, how did we get here? How did how did this? I, I remember we, we just went to the Catskills on vacation, and I'm, we're driving up to the house, and like, there's just all this like these like forests and trees on, on the mountains. It's like. I guarantee there's some there's there's spots in there that no one's ever seen before. Totally, but no one's no one's ever t- like set foot on that. Well, out of all like the different species and like flora and fauna out in the world, like be very glad that like you're you and like you could have these like really abstract advanced thoughts. And we're talking like we are right now. These like computers, like can you imagine being like a bug, just like sitting there, like not really knowing anything it is kind of kind of cool yeah sure well maybe, maybe for some people but i i i learned to like appreciate it but how do you know they can't think how do you know they can't feel i don't know uh, i am not a scientist or a doctor so i don't claim to know those things I, but these, what we these, know. these spotted lanternflies i think they're like really pretty and like we're like yeah, they're terrible. For like, yeah, yeah, they're like we gotta kill they them all. It's so bad. They're they're everywhere. They're, they're all really over. bad. They're like there was a bunch on my car today. And yeah, I went I went to the, the Pittston Diner with my family uh, a couple of days ago, and there was like a bunch like leading up to the steps, like 
dead that people killed and then just like flying off the wall. I'm like, and I didn't know they could fly. I just tried killing one one day and like it just jumped and flew. It's like, holy shit. But yeah, they're just sitting on tires, sitting in the cars. It's like, where is all this shit coming from? And not only the, the bigger ones that was like earlier this year, I mean, obviously they, they grow, right? But like there were just these so many small ones and there's still so many small ones. It's, it's crazy. Yeah, um, I remember around like 2018, they weren't here really, at least to my knowledge, they weren't. And I, my one buddy, uh, he was a te- he was teaching at Lehigh University, and I'd go down there, hang out, we'd go for hikes and stuff. And like they were everywhere down there at the time, and he was like, you "Need to kill them." And I was like, "Okay, like what do they? Well, like, what do they do?" And they're like an invasive species that just like like messes shit up basically and now they're up here so but according to who apparently here's here's conspiracy theory johnny according to who's telling us this i don't know maybe they're here to save us and we're killing them yeah i don't know i mean i don't know the news tells us to hey kill them all because they're bad (laughs) we have to do it (laughs) it's just so crazy it's just oh man life's weird you could go down like a rat like you could there's conspiracy theories about everything everything i mean well we live in a world now where you can't trust anybody you can't trust the media you can't trust the news like you can't trust our government so everyone's like, like freaking out going like, well, like a bizarro world yeah it sucks like, i remember walking out of my apartment to go to the bog around right before saint patty's day and that was the last time stuff was normal and ever since then, it was just right before COVID, we just launched into like the bizarro realm. Like the news anymore, or like just any kind of article is like an onion article. It is like literally just like cartoonish and like outlandish and just just weird. Yeah. So I don't know. I just accept it. There's really nothing I can do about it. I'm just gonna try and live my life, <laughs> like hang out with my friends. Yeah, I mean <laughs> so out of control. It, it, you get caught up in that. Like, I was watching uh, a movie called The Meg. I'm a, I'm a huge Jason shark Statham fan. Yeah, the shark movie. Okay. Uh, huge Statham fan. I don't know why it took me so long, but I saw that the second one came out. I'm like, oh shit, let's watch the first one. And like, just the ocean, like in general, is like blows my mind. And I'm like, I wonder how much, like, it's going back to the whole like forest thing, like how much of that has been unexplored. I'm like, I wonder how much of the ocean has been unexplored, right? We know more about the moon than the ocean, apparently. So I, so I looked it up. 80%. I, I, had, I wanted to confirm before I even talked about it. Our oceans are, are our oceans cover more than 70% of the Earth's surface, but over 80% of them remain unexplored. Yeah. Uh, 80%. We, we could have like an alien base down there. We could have like a Cloverfield monster. Dude. And, and I mean, aliens, are, I mean, supposedly are real. Yeah, like, I keep saying I won't. I won't believe it till I see it. But even if I see it, I don't know if I'll still believe it because, I mean, I've seen Independence Day. They they showed an alien in that movie. Can I believe it? Like, I don't know. I guess I think I have to like be there, like be there in front of it, touch it, and be like, okay, this is this is real. Isn't like you're saying how like weird everything is? Uh, basically, the government admitted aliens are real, and like everyone's like, yeah, whatever, whatever. Like, <laughs> like there's like so much other stuff going on that like yeah but yeah so are they are they announcing that now to try and uh distract us from something else you gotta think about that too 
Like I could wake up this morning and like take a piss and then like the like a nuclear bombs and go off and just annihilate everything. And I just be like, yeah, it was a good run, you know. I, there's really nothing I we can really do anymore, to be honest. That's kind of nihilistic, but you yeah, know, of like taking care of your family and being a good person. And I don't know when it comes to like that those world events, it's like completely out of, out of our hands anymore, really. It is, but like. Like every day we get closer to like those uh those movies like 2012. Oh, they're and, they're uh, almost like a reality now at this point. Like it's gonna happen. Yeah, it's like you get it's like is this there these movies are, are they predicting the future? Like what is what's happening here? I mean you you could say the idiocracy. Yeah. <laughs> the judge one that is seems to be more real every day. <laughs> so, I don't know. Well, that's, I mean, like I, like I guess I have two kids. Like that's, I mean, I, I feel like a frail leaf on a fucking tree <laughs> blowing in the wind. Like I'm just constantly like, is the world that they're growing up in okay? Is it going to be okay? Like, should I be scared of this? Should I be scared of that? Like, like, and I just throw my hands in the air and say, you know what? Just whatever happens, happens. Yes, that's all you really could do. I, I feel like our parents were were that way, but. This time it just I don't know, it just seems weirder. Um yeah. I don't Our know. Our parents I, had it made. Our yeah. parents had it made. Like they, you know, we, we live in a great oh, hold on. We live in a great time, right? We're talking to each other. Yes. You're at your your house. I'm at my house. We're talking to each other over over the internet. Where the internet is a beautiful thing, but also the worst thing, right? It's a great time to be alive. Everything's simple. But like in in that, like, you know, being simple. We're getting soft, like all this other kind of shit. Like our our parents, like they had it made. They, yeah, money, money was like they made far less money, but things cost less. But like they went to work, they came home, they were with their family. They weren't wor- they weren't worried about you know what Susie was doing on social media or or you know like having a phone in their hand trying to promote their stupid podcast that they do. <laughs> like you know, it's like how, how old are your kids? Uh, five and one. Do you worry about like the social media stuff with them? Like every one percent. Every one of my buddies who has a kid that's like they they they're kind of like afraid of like not afraid but like wary of like social media because it's such like MySpace was like just starting to come around when I was in high school, but now it's like in every aspect of your life. So like, I imagine growing up with that kind of stuff is definitely weird. It's real weird. I, I mean. I am fortunate. I, I'm I'm hoping something changes in the next five years before my son turns ten. I don't know. My wife and I haven't talked about it yet. As far as like, you know, obviously ten is too young for social media. But like, how do we like the phones? Right? Like, you almost ha- you almost have to give them a phone because if they're playing sports or they you know you, they you want to be able to contact them or whatever. It's like when do they get a phone? When do they not? Like, I'm hoping like the landscape is completely different when they're old enough to you know, not to worry about that. I doubt it will be, but I'm hoping. They should, they should uh, make uh, flip phones just for like kids yeah. in high school. And like, I would go to a flip phone right now. If you told me that I didn't have to like, I mean, like they might work. You're, you're so accessible for work. Like again, parents went, went home. Their day was over. Yeah. Over. They cooked dinner. They watched TV with their family. I remember watching. I um I just started revisiting uh, Home Improvement, which my dad and I used to watch when I was uh, younger. What a great fucking show that was! 
but it was just a simpler time. Yeah, sometimes uh, every Sunday I'll go home and visit my parents. We'll get like pizza and like bust each other's balls and just like hang out. And every time I tell them about like stuff, they're like horrified. They're like, they can't like, like that wasn't like that when we were growing up. Yeah, back in my day. Yeah. I don't know, man. Different. You know, I feel eventually soon too, we're going to get like artificial intelligence put in us. Like the the, the rate that stuff. The rate that stuff is like accelerating, like you're going to need some kind of thing in you to kind of keep up with stuff. We're not ready. There's no way we're ready. I mean, I don't think we're ready either, but it just seems that's that's the case. You know, we're going to be able to talk to each other without even opening our mouths. There's that uh, I saw in Dunmore. There's like a convenience store. You just like walk in and like scan stuff to like check out. Like if you want like chips or like soda or something. Yeah. It's like, I don't, it's not like a chip or anything, but like event, like it's like a test, you know, you just walk in, scan it and like, it just takes from like your Apple pay or like your bank account. So eventually that's just going to be like in on you. It just seems like it's, it's just the way it's going. Yeah. Well, I remember watching the movie, uh, Minority Report back in, I think it was 03 with Tom Cruise. Uh-huh. And like, there are these big, like, virtual screens and they're like swiping left and swiping right and like this is the future and like three years later the the iphone comes out i think it was three years later but like that shit was all real like like they would like they'd scan your eyes and they would know who you were and shit like that like that's that's what's gonna happen yeah it is yeah Uh, i remember uh when i used to party more i would leave work and as soon as i uh, got my car my phone was like five minutes to the bar yeah (laughs) it was like Okay, like they know they know every everywhere you're going. That's so. what's cr- that's what's crazy, and the way people can advertise to to you. Um, yeah, I mean, I've been out of media for like two, almost three years, and stuff has advanced. Like the 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 way they can pinpoint ads to you, just, and this is just I just heard like people talking about it. So it's like it's insane. It's insane. We we give up so much information having these phones and like signing up for apps and downloading apps and sign up for newsletters and emails and shit like that. Like we're just giving it away. It's like that one South Park where the Apple with the contract, it's like no one read the terms of services when they download the apps. No one does. Yeah. So I don't know. It's the, we're just giving up everything for convenience. I mean, I'm guilty of it. Everyone's kind of guilty Same. of it. You kind of need it to be honest. Like even for my job, I need like for like an authenticator. Like you need if you didn't have a phone, I don't think you could really do half of the stuff right anymore. It'd be or it'd be significantly harder. Dude. So there's so know. many there's so many benefits, but there's also like just like it's like wow. Like think about think about if it ever gets to the point where people can just read what you're thinking or like know what you're thinking, like almost like telepathically, like I, mean, I don't want people. I don't want people to know what I'm thinking. Yeah, we're all gonna be part of like the singularity. Like the like it's all it's just gonna happen. But that's there's there's no way. Like think about things you think about through the day. Like you're walking through life. You're going to the gas. You're, you're getting gas at a gas station. You see somebody, and you think something about them. Maybe you see a pretty girl. Maybe you see, um, I don't know, like 
whatever it might be. And they, they can, can, they can like hear you or think or, or hear your thoughts. It's like a somewhat weird dystopian, like sci-fi movie where like the, the evil, like I feel like every good villain in a movie thinks they're doing the right thing. And like, everyone's kind of just becoming God, like in some like philosophies or, or whatever. It's like, we're all God. We're all just experiencing these different things. But with that, it's like, we're all, we're just all becoming like one collective consciousness. I feel like that. I feel like the high up tech people like really think like that. They really think sure. like this is good and you need this. And you don't know it yet, but like this is what needs to happen. And you know, we're like, I don't want to. I don't want my business to get like a card, like a, a, a ability to pay with credit cards, like a, like. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. Think about like if you're in a relationship and the girl says, "How many girls you've been with?" and you're like five but it's been like 20 it's been 30 <laughs> and then they, they find out that you lie to them yeah it's uh, everything will crumble right there the it's world just will crumble. this is done i don't know i think people honestly just might accept it and just not care it's gonna be just completely different well you shouldn't care anyways like who like whatever like you're with that person and you love them like it's yeah. fine right but but you know now that they lied to you Twenty can't, years ago, can't, un- can't unthink that. Yeah, people are married for twenty years. Like, <laughs> it's, it's gonna be crazy. We're not ready. AI, oh, wow. dude. The the photos this shit can make. The and and I I'm. <sighs> There's this Facebook group, Cursed AI. It's pretty nuts. It with the AI art. It's pretty. It's it's almost like you can tell it's artificial, but just the fact of what it can do, like it looks like fake. It's like very plasticky. But like it's right. nuts to see. But think about stuff. people who read headlines now. They just they just read the headline. They don't they don't click on the article to like read further. I mean the, the media companies are so good at the clickbait just so they can get the, the clicks and the money, the ad revenue. You just show a picture of somebody doing something that's real. I feel like the news being how the news operates now, where it's just sensationalized nonsense. It's just, they're just going to run with that. Who knows? You know, like I'll be at the gym, like running or something. There'll be like Fox news and CNN on it. I won't even really know which one is what, but I know if it pisses off my parents, it's Fox news and pisses off my friends, CNN. So I'm like, this is not, this is not even news anymore. Yeah. But why is that? How is that okay? How do we get to this point? And it's been happening for years. This is, I, I got in an argument with somebody on Facebook maybe 15 years ago. I just got I was pissed. I'm like, how can our government lie to us? How can the news lie to us? How can the people that like, you know, our peers, how can they lie to us? Like, why do I have to like research from five, six different outlets to maybe get the truth? when I should be getting the truth directly from a CNN or NBC or whatever it might be like, I shouldn't have to do that. Yeah. From working for a news station, local news is very good uh, mm-hmm. with that kind of stuff. But the bigger channels that people watch, not so much like the stuff they get away with is kind of like, and it's just going to bite us in the ass in the end because like everyone hates each other. Now you remember yeah. I don't know, when I was in high school, if someone like, like Bush or liked, 
you know, Al Gore, you'd be like, eh, my friend's an asshole, but, you know, he's my buddy. So I don't know, like, who cares? But now, like, if you like, like something different, so they want to like destroy everything about your life, you know, where. Yeah. It's this tribal thing. It's like, if you're not with me, fuck you. Yeah. It's like, when do we lose that? When do we have, like, and I, I have a good group of friends and like, I have different groups of friends that I feel like a lot of us can have like debates, right. Where we can voice our opinion for one side or the other. And we're not going to be like, you know, writing that person off if they feel differently about something, which is, which is great. Right. But like this whole, like, thing where it's like if you don't if you're not on my side then you're the devil or you're the fucking you know whatever it's just like insane culture war thing is that like the news and other things are perpetuating is really just like just driving that into the ground it's gonna but i don't know it's not good he's like everyone hates each other now yeah we're more we're like we're so connected right but we're so divided we're more divided than ever before yeah everyone wants to be in their own echo chamber you know, that's so a that problem too. Yeah, it's like you can hear like a different opinion or like just hang out with different people that like aren't in your you know. How you just, learn, like yeah, you know that's how you evolve. Yeah, by hearing like and, and like you know proven points. And I was hearing something about like you know these upcoming debates where the the Democrats don't want to um, debate or something like that. I Man, I could be very wrong. I don't really remember, but like. That's insane. Like you have to have. I think. I think you have to have a debate. Yeah, I mean, with the like the I don't know. It's just that's the only way you can have like a democratic process is like really have the two candidates just talk about something you really see. You know, regardless if they follow through with it or not, like what they're about. And now I don't know. It's just not the thing. Is it happened so fast and. I think everyone's so disentrenched that they're just going to support, like, you know, like if you watch a debate and let's say you were very conservative, but the Democratic candidate was like, had was way more reasonable, had better points or strategies of what they're going to do. You'd be like, oh, that's like better than this guy. But now, yeah. now everyone's just in their lane and that's it. So, yeah, I mean, I'm very in the middle. Like, I am not. And that's one thing, too. It's like, I don't, how, how do we get so like, you know, I'm on this side or I'm on this side, uh, but I'm, I'm very in the middle, right? I see things from the, the left and the right. Um, but one thing I noticed just recently, they, the Republican debates happened last week at some point, and I wanted to watch them. Now, I'm a registered Democrat, um, but I wanted to watch the Republican de- debates. And I had, like, so I guess it was like exclusive to Fox News. I don't have cable. So I could not get Fox News to watch these debates, but Trump had a like a, a I don't know how long it was, but a, a an interview with Tucker Carlson that was aired on Twitter. So I had easier access to a Trump interview and zero access. Now I'll say, I'll say zero access to the Republican debates. Now I eventually found it. I guess it was it was part of Hulu. But again, so I had to, it's a service that I have to pay for. But if I didn't have, if I don't have the internet and I don't have that, that platform, how do I see it? This should all be on like network television to everyone. Everything. Yeah. Everything. That just should be public access. How is it not? But it's money. 
Yeah. Fucking money, dude. Yeah, it's 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 just not good. I don't know. I don't know how we got here in this conversation. I apologize. It's, it's all right. I, I love talking about like outlandish shit. <laughs> We're here to talk about zoo and 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 the things that you're doing. So yeah, I apologize really, for a, really uh really anything. You know? Oh, and I, well, that's what I love about doing this. So like, we can we can kind of go down those paths. So I appreciate yeah. you kind of entertaining the the uh, unstructured format that this is. I listen to podcasts and yeah, I like the format of this. So anything anything yeah. you want to talk about? Well, I mean, you just released a new single, Black Tongue. Yeah, Black Tongue. Talk about that. Uh, what was it like three weeks ago or something like that? Like in the last month? Uh, I think a week ago. Oh, that oh, she's I'm way off yeah, around there, the 18th. So, um, yeah, that's been done for a while. I have a whole new album I'm sitting on, and I just don't really want to put it out yet because I feel I don't have like enough people interested. Like, I don't really have dreams of like getting signed and doing all kind of shit off of that. I just would like a little more local attention. So, I just been doing I this single thing seems to be the way to go. To be honest, well, you came to the right place. I'm gonna, I'm gonna introduce you to at least five more people. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this platform will take you to five more people. <laughs> Leveling up. <laughs> yeah, the uh, it's a really cool song. Uh, during COVID, before COVID, I kind of was like way more of like just a I want to say a goon, but I was just like all night. Doing a lot of weird extracurricular activities, hanging out, just, just being stupid. And when COVID happened, it completely reset my life. And a lot of the new material kind of is just like a reflection on like how like how everyone was acting during COVID, how like people close to me are kind of not great people, and just kind of having a like a very like important life realization, just kind of learning more about people and you know, their nature, the nature of like, I don't know how the world acts, you know, in times of trauma. Yeah. Well, I mean, who thought, who thought like a, a life threatening disease would like turn people against one another too. Yeah. Mask versus no mask, vax versus not vax, like insanity. Yeah. It was, uh, it was bizarro. Yeah. But so it kind of resets you like, and that's kind of cool, right? Like that's like, you know, maybe oh. some people needed that 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 talk. Because I mean, <clears throat> one cool thing, and I, I I use the word cool loosely because none of it was cool, but like maybe uh, a benefit, uh, so to speak, is people kind of slowed down a bit. Totally, people kind of did a lot of self reflecting. People kind of just enjoy their families more because they couldn't go do this that other thing like that was kind of neat i got significantly closer with my family and my friends because of that um and it just gave me like a lot of structure and discipline and just appreciation for like people who actually cared about me and like have been in my life for a while you know just like i i got way more into getting up early and just eating better not drinking a lot and partying and Still, like on the weekends, I like will have a beer and party, but like it just gave me a lot more discipline and structure. I was just, I was just just stupid. Quitter. 
<laughs> have to, uh, you have to, you know, just, this is a weekend, a weekend activity now, rather than like yeah. an every night kind of thing. You know, the party zone is real and sometimes sucks you up and then you're in the party dimension. You know, yeah. it is a real place. It exists. That's sweet too. It, yeah. I mean, when you're there, it's awesome. Yeah. When you're not, it's not. No. Once you leave, yeah. it's like, shit. <laughs> it's like... That like five-hour span is pretty awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah, that's good. So you kind of did some some soul search and some self-reflection. And totally. That's good. Yeah, like all my lyrics and, and songs have kind of been about like my disinterpretation of like the world around me, like what's going on in my life. And sometimes they're pretty clear. Sometimes they're kind of ambiguous. Um, and sometimes they may seem clear, but they mean like, I try to like write stuff too in a very like amb- ambiguous yet simple manner because I, I like when people just kind of listen to a song and they kind of just interpret it in their own way. Yeah. Hopefully they don't interpret it in like a really terrible way, but like I like when people kind of come up with their I feel like any kind of good art you look at it and you know that that dot in a painting could mean something different to you than it does to your wife or your kid or your, your buddy. So that's the best part. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's all just interpretive. So yeah. Cool. It does feel good to release music that like when you've been sitting on it for a while and it finally is out in the world. It is it is cool. And then uh, my brother and his girlfriend, uh, they did some really cool like artwork and uh, photos for the single. Um, all the weird ones with like the deer skull and like I'm in the woods. That they, they they did all that. They're they're very good uh, photographers. So they're like Matt. We need you need some cool cool pictures to go along with this. So that's cool. Helped. Yeah, they're they're very into like the like they're into the same kind of music. They're probably even more like I, I'm like, I, I try and keep up on stuff, but they're, they're far more and like on the, they have their finger on the pulse more than, than I do anymore. So gotcha. it definitely helps to have like people around you that like are in tune with things, you know, as far as like doing these, I, I feel like that's the thing nowadays too, is like, you kind of have to do everything as an artist if you do social media, you have to like yep. network, you have to do video, you have to do the photography. So you kind of have to juggle all of them and it helps to have people around you that are good at like better at you in certain aspects. Yeah. So, that's, that's for sure. A hundred percent. Yeah. But it's August 29th right now. You just released that new single, Black Tongue. What's uh, what's in store for Zoo the the remainder of the year? I just try to play play more shows. I, I would like to play out of the area a little more, uh, as well as here. Just just trying to play as much as I possibly can. So we'll see. Well, you've come to the right place. Like I said, you're going to be introduced to five new people. <laughs> You know, it's like the nightmare, it, what is it, the, the Charles Dickens novel where you introduce them with the ghost? I'm going to take like, you to five new people. I'm going to take you to the top, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm really, I just love playing and, you know, any kind of opportunity, I'll take it. So it's been it's been going pretty good and organically and, and slower. Like it's been slowly building. So that, I feel like that's the best way. So 
that's that's all you can do, man. Just keep uh be consistent, keep keep pushing, keep playing, keep writing, keep recording, and and uh you know, just keep keep doing it for you. And if if other people enjoy it, like I said before, like on the way, that's great. Yeah. But yeah, everything you know, I've ever done, not it's in a selfish manner. It's always just kind of been like what I wanted to hear, like how I wanted stuff to kind of turn out. So yeah, if other people like it, that's awesome. You know, yeah. if they don't, then yeah, there's like other great bands that you know you could listen to around here. It's not me. Sure. Give them a chance. Check them out. <laughs> Before I let you go, favorite album. What's your favorite album? That it kind of has changed throughout the years, but I consistently the one album that I, every time I put on, whether I'm driving at the gym or wherever. Uh, raw power by the stooges like no matter what what mood i'm in like when you first listen to like a rock album you just want to like drink a case of beer and just like break shit like in a, in a in a good way like that album just like i don't know it makes me feel like i'm like 15 again i heard like rock for the first time raw power by the stooges yes check that they're out two, before. they're like they're too like big out like they're one of those bands that like they've influenced like every single person in like the alternative punk genre but they kind of never really took off when they were like a band um but they they put out fun house and raw power they're two big albums and i like raw power it's just like awesome like glam rock punk stuff yeah yeah and then I have a few. I have, I have a few honorable mentions. Okay. Um, definitely, this is uh, an interesting one for me. Uh, the Black Album by Metallica. Okay. I feel that album for like a rock album, especially when I first started getting into music and playing guitar. Like it, it was like it was very heavy yet very accessible, and like it, the production on it was just like awesome. Like I'll still listen to that. And it just sounds like I don't know. No album really like sounds as good as that to me still. And then uh, three cheers for sweet revenge by My Chemical Romance. Okay. Um, at heart, there's like an emo kid in me. <laughs> if you listen to the lyrics, you can be like this guy yeah. is a sad boy. Yeah. But that album definitely heavily influenced me too. And cool. it, it was one of those albums where like you listen to it. And all the stuff I really like now is like the stuff they liked. It's just like when you like like an artist and you like figure out what influenced them. It's like, oh, that's cool. Like I I dig this as well. So you know, there's like there's like a whole punk aspect, metal, and then like the whole lamp. Like Gerard was really into like Bowie and like T Rex and all that, and that's hugely influential to me as like a songwriter. So if go ahead. No, I was gonna say, does your heart break that like albums like that don't exist anymore? Like, you know, you mentioned Metallica, the Black Album, like back yeah. in the day, albums were like the shit. Yeah, my one coworker, he he remembers like going to like the release party for that yeah. came out. Yeah. Like that was such a big album when it came out for like for like just rock. I feel like rock doesn't really have that kind of like impact anymore which i know like everyone says that but it would be it would be cool to see something like that just come back like 
singles are cool. Like I know I just said the single. I'm releasing just singles, but like well, that's how it goes now. I mean, that's just you're you're, you're playing a game. You know, it's, it's, just, it, it's just cool. Yeah, like hate the you know hate the game not the player. Yeah, it's just I. It's just cool to see like an out like an album like of such like significant importance like yeah. age group people. But the way you know, the way it's recorded too, you know, it's it's like you know tracks one through ten. It's it's kind of meant to to be listened in that yeah. that order. Um, just the art inside and all that kind of stuff. It's just like it's it's almost like a lost art these days. It sucks. Yeah, I remember um, my dad actually had that album on cassette, and I really, when I was little, I would go through his like cassette boxes and just like look at the album art. And like that album caught my eye because Beavis and Butthead they were like Metallica and ACDC shirts. Yeah, and, like he had I forget what AC ACDC album it was, but I put that on. and I was like, this does not sound like metal. It's happy. And then I put Metallica on, and it it sounded like metal to me. Like. Like Enter Sandman came on, like this sounds like heavy metal. Like it just sounds yeah. like I don't know. And ever since then, I was kind of hooked. Well, I remember, uh, and it just, it's funny today in 2006, uh, one of my favorite artists, and his name is Pete Yorn, released an album called Nightcrawler. And I remember I left, I left, the, I was dating this girl. I left her house at midnight to go to Walmart. I'm like, I can't wait till tomorrow to get this album. I need to go tonight. I hope Walmart has it because they're open at open, you know, 24 seven, you know, that was dumb. Me like, you know, just uh desperate hope. Right. Cause like, there's no way that that album would be, you know, it wasn't like a, you know, a, a top 40 uh, release, uh, but I was hoping praying. So I was like, I was out at midnight to Walmart. Uh, again, I didn't get it that night. I had to wait till 10 o'clock the next day. I think I got it at the local gallery of sound, but, uh, I mean, those moments, like, I remember, I'll remember that forever. And he just posted about that today, like, saying this was the, you know, whatever anniversary it is, 06 to now is 14, 17 years ago, I guess it is. Um, Right? You, you like, remember, like, the coffee you had that day or, like, what you yeah. did. So it's like, it's like, yeah. your, like, memory forever. So many albums that came out during my life that I remember the person I was with. Um you know, the time of my life that was around, you know, you know, losses in my life that I experienced when albums came out, like it just, it, the, those are, those are gone. Yeah. It's interesting too, because like the algorithm, like I've come across like really great albums on Spotify, but again, there's just so much and like, it's so unmarketed to the point where like you just have to dig for it or like the algorithm has to show you. So like it just doesn't have the same effect. Like I feel like there's like a lot of great music out there. It just doesn't have like here's this album. Like people are excited for it and like they're like waiting for it. You just like have to find it years after like they release it or just like dig through the the, the digital like the digital realm to like find stuff. Yeah, but it's out there. It's just, just doesn't have the same effect. No, it's, it's just too much. It's just too much. Yeah, like uh, I'm pretty sure my grandpa's gonna start like a rockabilly band. You know, like <laughs> everyone's in a band anymore. Yeah, but so what are you gonna do? Tell us where uh, you can find Zoo online. 
Uh, Spotify, Apple Music, all the streaming services, Bandcamp. I'm Bandcamp. I believe it's Bandcamp-Z-E-U underscore Z-E-U. Bandcamp is my favorite. I, I love Bandcamp, but yeah, Spotify or Apple Music or YouTube, you know, whatever, whatever you, you choose cool. your preferences with uh, the streaming platforms. Awesome. In the Spotify, it's Zoo with the capital Z, uh, lowercase EU. Cool. Spotify was uh, interesting. So, to my knowledge, when I first created the project, there was no other zoo. Then uh, a French rapper used that moniker as well. So I had to go through this whole thing with like Spotify and like having my songs on my account. You know, it was just, it was just like a, you, you like, for anyone who out there who has Spotify or any of the, the streaming platforms, you have to go through like a distro kid or like CD Baby and like they have to do it. Like you can't just go in there and, you know, do stuff yourself. So it's like a giant pain. Yeah. Yeah. So a band camp is cool. You're just controlling everything, the art, however you want it to look. You buy it. You know, they do that, that cool thing on like what Fridays, right? Where uh, there's no. Yes. Yes. All of the, the, when you purchase an album or single, it all goes right to the artist. That's sweet. Yeah. That's sweet. Cool. Well, thanks for taking the time. It's getting late. I want to no keep problem. you too late. And, uh, it's been a pleasure. I'm excited to see you see you out live one of these days. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, I'm pretty happy with uh, the live, you know, the, the way it's interpreted live. It's pretty, pretty interesting. So paint that picture quick before we wrap things up. Like a uh, live show of Zoo. Like, what does that look like? Uh, it's a synth bass and a drum machine with very loud uh, guitar and vocals. So it's it's significantly more rock and aggressive than the recordings recordings are a little more clean but uh, live it's it's just like a very like a amped up dark wavy goth kind of sound nice yeah that's awesome yeah it's just rock and roll so nothing better yeah nothing better (laughs) i have one last question for you johnny what's your uh being where NEPA natives and pizzas in our blood, what's your uh, what's your go to pizza spot? Ah, uh, uh, <laughs> so pizza Pizza Perfect is my my place. Yeah, uh, I love Pizza Perfect. I grew up on Pizza Perfect. Uh, I spent my college days. Uh, my buddy lived right up the street from Pizza Perfect, so that was like the place we got pizza from all the time. Um, so Pizza Perfect is uh, probably one of my favorites uh, in the area. Uh, but uh, an honorable second or runner-up or whatever you want to call it, uh, Pizza Bella. And I say that yeah. because I know the owner very well. He's an awesome dude. Uh, and they have multiple locations throughout the area. Uh, their chicken wing pizza is probably one of the best in the area. Um, and their wings, I think, are probably one of my favorite uh, wings in the area, too. So Pizza awesome. Bella. It's uh, pan fried Sicilian, right? Pizza Perfect, yes, is pan fried Sicilian, yeah. Classic. But Bernie's, there's a, no, not Bernie's, Benny's. There's a Benny's in Peckville. Yes. Has I was going to say, that's, I feel like out of, because NEPA is such a unique pizza spot. It's such a small area, but there's so many different styles of pizza. 
and it's like real regional too. Yeah. And I feel like the valley, the mid valley, that area doesn't really get enough for like if you go up there, it's pretty much all that kind of style. Like yeah. the, whatever you would call Benny's, they call it like valley style pizza. But yeah, that's kind of Sicilian, style. isn't it? Uh I believe Benny's, it's like a round, but there's like a cheese blend on it. It's like Andy's. Is okay. this how about the same one? Impactville, Archibald. I think ben, I thought Benny's was more of a like a rectangular. Maybe thinking of a different one then. Maybe, I'm, maybe I'm about the the one uh, past Grant in like Peckville. I thought it was Benny's in Peckville. I believe you know, when when I would go up there and get it, it it uh it was like I guess you would call it like a mid like a mid valley or whatever the area is up there like that style of pizza. Yeah, it's very unique though, and I feel like it doesn't get enough praise from all the. The pizza people around here. I'm trying to find a picture here, but there's no pictures of the pizza. Best <laughs> Okay, well, I don't know. there's a so they have a double crust steak and cheese. Okay. Um, the other hot wing is more of a. Okay, well, I've gotten Benny's before from that location, and I got like round. Yeah, I there's round. That. They have round too. Yeah, yeah. So they have they have both. It, so dough is, the dough is different and like the cheese is like a blend it's like yeah. other stuff going on than just mods yeah benny's is uh, well jl studios is, is a big uh supporter of of benny's and peckville okay that's where i one of the first times i had it was at jl studios i remember when he was uh, in wyoming like back in the day benny's no jl oh, jl yeah, before he moved to, he's like finding Magnum music now up there. Yeah, you know, all of it. Right? Yeah. yeah. So cool, man. Well, I'm excited to hopefully catch a live show soon. What, what is your next show at? Do you have one lined up or no? Not currently. We're working on it. All right. Well, get that lined up and let me know. Okay. I don't well, get out much, so you got to give me some advance notice. I will. I, I'm on a very busy schedule as well, so okay. I understand. That's good. Yeah, keep me posted. I appreciate your time. It's a pleasure to be on here, Johnny. I'm, I appreciate I'm, I'm, I, I try and watch everyone I can. Every I appreciate time, that. That's great. That new one pops up. I'm like really pumped to watch it because you know it's just our like local artists just bullshitting and it's awesome. Yeah, it's oh, that was the goal. Just, just to kind of have a a place to talk about the music and just talk about life and where we're from and what we're going through and all that kind of shit. So totally. So I lied to you. So if you're telling me that you watch everyone, I'm going to introduce you to four new people. because you are one of my five. Okay. <laughs> I have five listeners. One is you. So I'll, I'll introduce you to four new ones. Okay. <laughs> I'm kidding. I hope I have more than five listeners. <laughs> I feel you have a lot. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. I hope so. I hope I hope people enjoy it. So we're a tight knit area, Johnny. People we are. Yeah, support each other, right? Especially in the the arts. You know, they know where where the pulse is at. Yeah. So. All right. Well, if you're listening or watching, uh, check out Zoo Z E U, and uh, hopefully we'll see you sooner or later, buddy. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Johnny. All right. Later.